2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 4. 2 Corinthians 4 4 is our text in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not. Now we're going to get to that, but we're going to put it in context before we get there, beginning with the first verse of the, of the chapter, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, from verse number 1, and we'll read down through verse number 6. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, which it is, folks, isn't it? I mean, that's what he's saying. It's, there's so many that don't see it that are blinded to this. If our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts. Thank the Lord. Oh man, I can't read these verses without rejoicing and just thanking God for what he's done for us, for me, for you, for those of us that know him. He's shined out of, uh, out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. We, uh, this week, um, the, the world is kind of taken with the celebration of uh, Halloween and everything that goes with that. And there, there's so many different things that we're facing and that we will be facing. And as God's people, you know, what do we do with, uh, with the themes that are out there? What do we do with the practices? I just want to be very honest with you. As honest as I can be, as a child, when I was growing up, before I ever came to Christ, before we ever, you know, uh, heard the gospel and that kind of thing, um, I remember this this kids' holiday of Halloween, where you you get to go and you get to get candy from strangers. <laughs> we used to in the city of Chicago, where there's house after house after house after house, you can make a killing as a kid and then we did I'm, I'm serious we did I mean you go out and you know you start it's kind of like after school ready set go and you're out there and you get big bags you know you get big bags and you know if you dress however you want to dress or even not you know but you just get out there and just ask people for candy and people give you candy on that day it's like crazy it's crazy but as a, as a child it's like is there anything better this is heaven <laughs> this was unbelievable you know, go out and fill up a bag, come home, dump the bag, go out again, and, and, and then keep on going out way too late that we, that we should have ever, and then get in trouble by kicking in pumpkins and everything else, and that, that was not, not good. But anyway, that's, uh, that's the way I, that's, that, that's what it was. It was just a lot of fun, it was a lot of, you know, candy, and a lot of whatever, but there's, there's so much more to it, folks, than meets the eye. There's, there's so much more that all of this 
symbolism is kind of connected to. It's, you know, a lot of it's innocuous and a lot of fun and pumpkins and all that kind of stuff. But then, I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but our society has become darker and darker and darker and darker. And the, the fun little, you know, sweet little, you know, pumpkins and, you know, people that are dressed up and whatever. Uh, if, you, if you look at what's being sold as far as books and novels and the entertainment that's out there and the, and the violence and blood and gore and then the out and out glorification of Satan. The, the glorification of death, of decay, of, of the macabre, of the, of the occult. Goodness. See, the truth is, what we've just read, if our gospel be hid, and it is, it's hidden, it's, it's a concerted effort by Satan, the god of this world, he calls him the god of this world, little g god, the one who thinks he has the authority and ownership of all that's that's on earth. No, he's this world. This world, this earth, is certainly underneath a lot of his influence and sway. But there's a god that's higher than this little god. But it's the god of this world that blinded the minds. Of them, and so we're going to be talking about this morning. We're going to be talking appropriately because this is the week that we're going to see so much of this. Uh, we're going to be talking about the the shining of God's light, of God's truth, as it's opposed by the God of this world. So let's stop here and pray. Lord, thank you so much for this your word. I pray that you'd help us to see some things that would be pertinent, help us to understand and, and what to do, how to counter the God of this world and His efforts. They're, they're vast, they're great, they're powerful, but Lord, we have the truth, we have the light which dispels darkness. So Lord, I pray that <clears throat> you help us to <clears throat> see as believers where we are, and Lord, and help the, the light to shine to those who are blinded even today. They've not been born again, they don't know about the power of Christ. And so Lord, I pray that you'd help us to make things clear. Lord, be with me in these next few moments. Help, help me to say what I need to say and, and, and to refrain from what I don't need to say. So, Lord, I pray that you'd guide us in, in this message here today from your word. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> We're talking about the shining of God's light or God's truth. But at first... When we're talking about God's light, you've got to, in this text, now we're going to go ahead and kind of put it in context right now and put it, and put it all together. But you see, first of all, the, the marring of the truth or the mutilation of the truth or the muddying of the truth. Uh, the words that are um, uh, dishonesty and craftiness of verse number two. It says we've renounced those things. We, as believers, we say, no, no, we, we don't go that route. We don't go the route of dishonesty and craftiness or deceit. These words <coughs> in my study, we're, we're talking about <coughs> some of these Greek words uh, uh, originate from uh, smoke, like a smoke screen, you know, where, where things are clear and things are, are, are clarified, but then smoke will, will cover, will, will uh, uh, shroud the details, the light, the truth. And that's what we're, we renounce is, is this marring of the truth. That's what Satan does. That's Satan's way. God gives it his truth. 
His light, his clarity, and Satan comes along to muddy it. Satan comes along to destroy it. He comes along to cover it, to, to, to mar it. So you see the marring of the truth. And that's what it says in verse 2 again. But we have re renounced the hidden things. Hidden. Covered. Hidden things of dishonesty. Not walking in craftiness. That means trickery. Subtlety. Sophistry. Nor handling the word of God deceitfully. We don't do that. We're, we're going to counter that. And you say, well, who handles the word of God deceitfully? Well, it's, there's much of that that's going on. Paul makes it very, very clear that today we live in a time where Satan has ministers who are, quote, ministers of light. They're, they're pretending like they're on God's side. They're pretending like they're giving God's truth. But they're there to confuse and to give a, an alternate plan of salvation and to counter the truth of God as they're even in churches today that are, his ministers, ministers of the dark kingdom, but they're acting like they're portrayed. They got the mask. They got the costume this week as ministers of light. They're not. But that's Satan's way. Satan's way is to mar the truth, to cover it, to, to hide it. But then you see the manifestation of the truth. This is God's way. Look at verse number two. But we have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by the manifestation. That's the showcasing. That's the making clear. The clarify, the manifestation of the truth. That's God's way. Satan's way is to cover, is to hide the truth, is to mar it, to, to, to put a smoke screen. God's way is to manifest the truth, to shine it out. Here's the truth, and God wants everybody to know his truth. That's God's way. We've renounced those ways of Satan because we're on God's side by manifesting the truth. In preaching, in, in Titus chapter uh, 2 and, and verse number 1, I'm sorry, chapter 1, verse number 2, this is what the Bible says about God's ways. Titus 1, 2. In hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. I like that, that God doesn't lie. He cannot lie. He gives the truth. He's, he's the, the, uh, the owner, the, 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 the fount of truth. The word of God is called truth, his truth, the truth. And so it says, we are in hope of eternal life. And then it says in verse number uh, three, but he has in due times manifested his word, made it clear, manifested his word through preaching. That's what we're doing today. Making clear the message of God. That's God's way, manifesting the truth, showcasing it, putting it up on a, um, a pedestal, making it clear, making it understandable. And that's preaching. Preaching of the word of God is to make clear what God says. Remember, Satan's way is to cover, is to hide, is to, to put a smoke screen, is to uh, 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 use deceit, lies. God's way is manifesting the truth. And folks, that's what we do when we witness to others. You want to tell people about Christ. What you do is you, you make full disclosure. We're not of those that, that uh, you know, we're trying to win people to Christ. And we say, um, like this one, <laughs> one guy that was, quote, soul winning that I was with years ago. Um, 
here's this guy that was, he was at his door and he was arguing with him and he didn't, he didn't believe anything that what the, what the Bible said. He didn't believe anything of what God said. He was very religious and was, you know, steeped in that and, and was denying everything of the word of God. And so this quote, soul winner came to Revelation chapter uh, 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 four. Uh, let me see if I can get it so I don't misquote it. Uh, Revelation chapter four, uh, verse number 20. He, he looked at this, and the words are in red. That's Jesus' words. And he says, well, this is what the Bible says. Jesus is speaking. He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. He says, see, that's Jesus. He's, he's uh, knocking on your heart's door. And he, this is what he said. You're not going to let Jesus there outside and, and not invite him in, are you? You're not going to let him outside and ignore him knocking. And he goes, of course I wouldn't do that. He says, okay, well then, you know, while your head's bowed and we're looking at this, this, repeat these words. And he had him repeat some words. The guy didn't accept any of God's word and he was, he was taking the word of God and manipulating. He was, he was getting a person to say something. Folks, we don't do that. We don't, use the, we don't handle the word of God deceitfully. Not at all. Folks, I'm telling you what, what we do is we give full disclosure when we witness. Then there's this, this attitude nowadays of easy believism. Well, listen, all you have to do is you have to, one, two, three, say these words, and hey, you're good, you're a Christian. Uh, living in sin, uh, living like the devil, no repentance in their life, and no, no change, and hey, you're a believer. No, we, what we do is we do full disclosure. Jesus said you don't build a tower uh, be, uh, without first counting the cost of how much it's going to cost you to get that tower built, all the materials that you're going to need. You don't go to war without understanding you can meet your enemy with, with a, a proper force. You don't do that. And what he was asking about and what he's talking about there was not building a tower or going to war. He was talking about understanding the, 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 uh, uh, the requirement of the gospel. It takes everything, all that you got. You get saved, you're going you're gonna, to, you know, sometimes we say, well, going to church has nothing to do with this. Right, going to church does has n have nothing to do with you being saved. But you got to know that after you get saved, you will go to church. <laughs> you will be like those crazies, you know. You will be like the people that uh, are looked at like fanatics. You will be like those that love the Lord, you know, and, and they, they put him first. That's what will happen in your life. Full disclosure. Folks, we're not going to be deceitfully using the word of God and, and holding some things and, and just trying to manipulate people. That's not what we do. We don't uh, handle the word of God deceitfully. We uh, lay out full disclosure. If the Bible talks about separation, well, that's the Bible. That's what the Bible says. That's what kept me from Christ for years because I said, well, I don't want to separate from what I was hanging on to, the world, the uh, 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 life of drugs and immorality and, and uh, rebellion, that's where I was. I didn't want to separate that and, and go over to God's side, so it kept me from being saved for a long time because I understood if I ever get saved, I'm not going to be going that way. I'm going to forsake that. Hey, now today, you know what? We're in a time of Christianity where you could just be just like you were, have the same lifestyle, the same filthy mouth, the same uh, uh, walk, the same attitudes that, that you've always had in the world, the same entertainment, the same music, and you're fine. You could just go add Christ onto that and you'll be good. No, that's not what the Bible says. 
The Bible says, come out from among them and be separate. That's what the Word of God says. The Bible says, the grace of God that teaches us to, to uh, renounce ungodliness and live godly in, in, in a, a wicked world, that's what the grace of God does. People think that, well, the grace of God is, well, you could just go ahead and be saved and still be exactly what you always used to be. No, you can't. No, no. We're, we're going to give full disclosure. We're not going to try to take the word of God and, and use it to manipulate people so that we can get an answer or we can uh, get, get a result. Okay, remember, the marring of the truth is Satan's way. Deceit, dishonesty, he's hiding things. Manifestation of the truth is God's way. We have renounced those hidden things of dishonesty. We don't handle the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth. That's God's way. And then the last part of that is verse number 2, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 2. It's measuring up to the truth. This is what we do, our, our uh, responsibility, man's way. He says in, in verse number 2, he goes on to say, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. He's talking about the truth and what we do and manifesting that truth. He says, commending ourselves to every man's conscience. In the light of God's law and authority, we openly surrender ourselves to be measured by a divinely motivated conscience. See, every man has what God gives in their life, and that's a conscience. The challenge is to listen to the truth and check out the messenger to see if he's consistent with the message. Folks, it's so important for you to be consistent with the message, not handle the word of God in, in deceit, in lies, in dishonesty. You don't do that. We shouldn't do that. You know, somebody should see the way that we handle things. Is, well, at least you're honest. At least you're straightforward. I mean, you're, you're, you're not shielded anything. You're, you're not cherry picking. You're going ahead. You're, you're just laying out the truth out there. At least you're doing that. And they should be able to say, well, that's what God does. That's God's side. That's God's methods. Because if, if we're handling the word of God deceitfully, then we're, we're, we're not... Uh, living honestly, and that's God. He's, he's uh, honest. He cannot lie. He does not lie. So this is talking about commending ourselves to every man's conscience. A conscience can be helpful if it's developed under divine authority. A conscience is a divinely giving, given warning light concerning sin and righteousness. You know, guys, you have that little idiot light on the dashboard. That when you're out of oil or whatever, you know, and it comes up, sometimes it says oil or heat or whatever. Sometimes it's just a light that says, dummy, <laughs> you got to take care of this, you know. And that's, <coughs> we, call them, <coughs> we call them idiot lights <coughs> because it, you know, it screams at us, you idiot, you got to you know, take care of this. So <coughs> that's <coughs> a warning light. That's what a conscience is. God-given conscience is a warning light to each one of us. It's, a, it's a, a warning light concerning sin and righteousness. Our own conscience either commends or accuses the individual. It either says, good boy, or says, oh, bad boy. Romans chapter 2, verse number 14, is interesting. It has to do with our conscience here. It says, for when the Gentiles, which have not the law do by nature the things contained in the law, these, having not the law, are a law unto themselves. Now, he's, talking about, he's not talking about Jews. He's not talking about the chosen people. He's talking about people around the globe. They, they don't have 
the, the privilege of having the law, the word of God, the truth. Uh, Wednesday night, we looked at uh, a couple of uh, videos about, you know, there was like one-third of, of the world, one-third of the world, that's, that's just about two billion people have never heard the, the Bible, about the Bible, or the message of the word of God. They don't know who Jesus is. And that's what he's talking about. He says, all people, no matter who they are, the Gentiles, which have not the law, when they do by nature the things contained in the law, these having not the law are a law unto themselves. Now we're going to get to that in just a little bit, but let's go on. He says, which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience all also bearing witness, and their thoughts the meanwhile accusing or else excusing one another. <clears throat> they have something in their conscience that's not from the word of God, but from something that is divinely given to them, and that's a conscience, a moral conscience that God has given to them to where they, they know they have this inner uh, nagging in them, that warning light when they do wrong, when they do bad, and they know that's not right, this is right, this is not right. So how can somebody who doesn't have the law, the truth of God's word, how can these having not the law be a law unto themselves? How does that happen that one without a moral underpinning rules righteously? Even the common atheistic evolutionist that intellectually agrees with the random nature, nature of amorality, he has a hard time eliminating all morals in his life. He won't kill. He won't be unfaithful, let's say. He won't oppress others. Even though his belief system, the survival of the fittest, contradicts those restraints. The survival of the fittest means that, no, no, if you kill somebody, if you overcome somebody, if you oppress somebody, that's good. That's what evolution teaches. But even an atheist that says, I don't believe in God, I don't believe in moral law, they, they still, they, most of them, they say, well, it's not right to kill. As a matter of fact, historically ignorant students are appalled to find that Hitler was merely acting out the survival of the fittest evolutionary Darwinianism in attempting the genocide of entire races of people that he deemed inferior. Where did he get that in Mein Kampf? He doesn't hide it. He was very clear about that. You know what he was doing? He was following the teaching of Darwinianism, of evolution, which says, hey, we're just all animals here by chance, and it's just survival of the fittest. And so therefore, it's okay to kill off races that you deem inferior. That's what, exactly what he did. Exactly what he did. <clears throat> Planned Parenthood's Margaret, Margaret Sanger was a proponent of eugenics, which is the same thing. By the way, they say that uh, uh, Sanger and, and the United States actually took, uh, learned from uh, Hitler. It was the other way around, if you know your history. Hitler took lessons from the eugenics here in the United States, which was the same thing, it was basically talking about, it was a fulfillment of Darwinianism, which says, hey, it's all chance. There wasn't a, we're not going to be accountable to any creator. It's just we're here because we're here. And so therefore, the strongest wins. And the strongest should win. In eugenics, 
you know, and if you know anything about Mar Margaret Sanger and how that she was, you know, trying to eliminate certain aspects of society, the, the, the poor and the infirm and the whatever, and, and there, was, there was some racism in that also. Uh, boy, uh, that's, that's not what you want is the, your uh, spokesperson, the, the person that was responsible for Planned Parenthood. But folks, even most abortionists today recoil away from and they shudder to accept the most blatant and outrageous of the practices that babies can now be murdered even after birth. You hear about that one? Came out about three months ago. After birth, not, you know, uh, there, there's, you know, laws and people want to say uh, uh, prevent birth after so many weeks and whatever. You can kill the child or, okay, take away the, the glob of cells uh, up to a certain point, but then after, you know, uh, six months, eight months, nine months, that's too far, so they want to outlaw that. And so, the, you know, the abortionists are pushing against that and have pushed to actually cross the line. The, the one law in New York where, where the, the senator or whoever it was introduced a law and passed, it passed, that it's not a crime to actually kill the child after birth. If the mother deems, oh, no, that's fine, that's what I want. I don't want this child. You, you, you know, you know I'm, I'm, I'm going over this stuff, and you're going, that can't be. Yeah, right. You know why? You got a conscience. Even abortionists who have a conscience, they look at that and they recoil. They say, that can't be right. Why do they say that? Well, because if they're, you know, they have the, the, the basic philosophy of, Hey, it doesn't matter anyway, and it is you know uh, just the glob of cells, and his you know mother has to, has the right to do you know about her body and all that. Why the nagging tinge of morality there, <clears throat> when there's no such thing as God or absolute truth? You know what God says about it's a child, it's not not a glob of uh, cells, it's a baby, the babe in her womb left. It says babe, baby, not born yet. So what God says. I mean, God identifies it very clearly. But see, here's a person who doesn't, doesn't go with the Bible. They're atheistic, or they, they go with, they're, they're marching to a beat of a different drummer. Why do they have a tinge of morality when they think only the natural struggle and the, uh, the strongest species should uh, 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 win? It's something that's called conscience, folks. Conscience. Something that God gives to every man and they have to struggle with this where they know right and wrong. It's not right to kill. It's not right to murder. It's a God-given guardrail that gives assent to the moral laws of God. They're the laws that are written in the hearts. That's what that verse said in Romans. Written in your hearts. It's called your conscience. That's what God has given. It's a conscience. But yet, the conscience can be violated. The conscience can be sinned against or seared, as in 1 Timothy 4.2, where it says, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. That means, that means you know, when, when you, your, your, your flesh is burned so badly that the nerves are destroyed, then you don't feel burn anymore. You don't feel pain in that appendage any longer. Because there's no more feeling, there's no more sensitivity if you're seared with a hot iron. And the conscience can become that way. Where continual 
going against the moral uh, position of God, going against the truth, going against the truth, then you, <coughs> your conscience has that danger to becoming seared with a hot iron. I said, now, what I just said, if you're listening to what I said, I said that most abortionists today recoil at those abominations that we just heard. About. Most, not all. No, no, we've seen those in our society who actually cheered when this perverted law was adopted. If you were, you, you were listening, if you're watching the news, and they finally came across where, okay, now you can actually murder a child after birth. And you had people, all right, yeah, yeah, let's go. What in the world is going on? That's, that's people that are, have a conscience that's seared. That is that's no longer working. Those in society who actually cheer when, when that's adopted, what in the world happens? It's called a defiled conscience. A seared conscience. See, this can happen. It does happen. If one ignores the dash light of the soul, then he eventually becomes calloused. His conscience is numb and he's rendered ineffective. The Bible calls it seared. Now, getting back to the passage in First Corinthians, or 2 Corinthians 4.2. Where he's, he says, this is what we do. You know, in getting out the light of God, we're com commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. See, what Paul's saying there is that believers are to offer our consistent lives in line with the law of God in men to measure it up with what God says. See, because when, when we give the truth properly and we're consistent, we're not hypocritical, but we're consistent with the word of God, and you know what? A person's conscience will take a look at it. See, look, you don't have to be saved to, to smell out hypocrisy, do you? You know, you can see hypocrisy. The lost know a hypocrite, and that's distasteful. That's disgusting no matter where it comes from. And when it's the believer, you better not be guilty of that. You better be in line, consistent with the laws of God. And then you commit yourself to others, and you know what? That God-given conscience lets them say, that's right. You know what? That's right. That's, that is right. Okay, so let's, let's kind of put this together in three points and we'll be done. In this manifesting the truth, you see, number one, Satan's attack. Satan conceals the light. That verse again, 2 Corinthians 4.3. But if our gospel be hid, that word hid, it's interesting. It's, uh, I think the, the, the Greek word is kryptos. We, under, we, we recognize some words that are related to that. Like, do you ever hear of encrypted? You know, if you have something, language, whatever, that they want to go into code, nobody can see it and deliver to another, and they can't figure out what it is until they decrypt it or, you know, figure it out, translate it, encrypt. That, when, it, when it says hid, that word hid is uh, cryptos. That, that's a word that, that means hidden. means put under, uh, hidden purposely. But if our gospel be hid, yeah, that's exactly what Satan does. He conceals the light. If our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine. He wants to, to <coughs> dim the light. He wants to snuff out the light. He wants to cover the light. Uh, Satan conceals the light. See, listen, this light is hidden or concealed or buried by Satan. The lost cannot see. They cannot hear or perceive the light. 1 John 
uh, I'm sorry, not First John, the uh, Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse number 5 says, And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Here's the loss. They, 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 they're not getting it. And that's, to a great part is Satan's victories there. He has concealed the light. He has hidden the light. He has obscured the light. <clears throat> because Satan's attack is, number one, he conceals the light. There is so much darkness and deception out there. <clears throat> this week, you know, we're talking about the, event, <coughs> the events of this week. <coughs> this society is crazed over the occult, over the spiritual kingdom of diabolical power against God. It, it's, it's immersed with the satanic beings in another dimension. Some are blatant about this, and that's Satanism or hedonism or idolatry or the occult. I mean, it's, it's way out there, and you, can, you, you don't have to look hard for that. I mean, there are those groups that, I mean, they love this, this holiday. They love this time of life. It's like, it's like the, the high holy day of the dark kingdom, and, and they make no bones about it. But then some are of these principles of, of, of Satan's method of concealing the light. They're innocently followed. The Halloween practices of glorifying death. You know, you got the... Uh, the uh, what do you call the gravestones and the, the bones of uh, uh, bodies and whatever, um, the demonic. Uh, folks, what you got to understand is Satan has an agenda. Wake up. Wake up. Here it's said in black and white. You remember, that's what we're doing, manifesting the word of God. That's because Satan wants to hide the light. He wants to destroy the light. He wants to confuse. He wants to cover it. He wants to encrypt it. He, 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 his job is to conceal the light. And then Satan's agenda is to conceal the light. He doesn't want the clear light and truth to shine to his captives. He will confuse. Satan will confuse. He will distract. He will detract. He will threaten. He will lie to those that he can influence only as far as they will not see. They will not hear or understand God's shining light of truth. God says, this is what I want you to understand, and, and Satan is going to do everything to hide that, to conceal that, to cover that. That's where we are this week, folks. The birds snatching away the seed before it germinates. You remember when Jesus said, the word goes out, the sower went out to sow a seed, and those that, that fell by the wayside, not the, the farming area, but the place where the, where the uh, uh, farm animals and the, and the carts went. He says, those seeds fell there, and before it could germinate, the birds came and they, they snatched it up, and Jesus explained that. Who are the birds? What's the seed? The seed's the word of God. The soil, the place where it fell, men's hearts. The birds are Satan. Satan's kingdom, his, his uh, uh, henchmen, to come to, to snatch out this. Don't want the word of God made clear. Don't want the truth made out. Hey, we, we want to get away from what God says. It's appointed unto man once to die. But after this, the judgment. You know what's going on this week? All kinds of scenarios where, oh no, people are, they die and they come back and they're ghosts and there's a, no. That's not what God says. Every person that dies, they're gone, folks. They're not coming back here. That's very clear in the word of God. And we got all this garbage that says, well, yeah, they come back and they visit. And, and you know, some good and some bad, some, you know, friendly and some. No, no. The truth of the word of God. Hey, listen, the truth of the word of God is out there. But Satan wants to hide. He wants to encrypt. He wants to destroy. He wants to, to, to cover the light. But, folks, Satan does have an agenda. 
As long as Satan can, can get people to be confused or look away from God's shining light, he blinds men from God's light. Number one, Satan conceals a light. Number two, Satan covers the eyes. That's what it says in verse number four. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. Blinded. You know, taking out your eyes. Covering your eyes. He covers the eyes. See, bl uh, blinding happens to the lost. That's what happens to lost people. When they hear the word of God and they somehow don't believe it. Satan says, no, no, do not eat of this tree. And Satan comes along and says, oh, really? You think, you think that God's saying that because he's, he's on your side, he's in your corner? No, he's trying to keep something. From Satan comes along to destroy the truth of God. It, whatever way that he does, he, you know, he still works the very same ways that he did from the garden. And he's continuing to work that way. But here in Ephesians chapter 4, blinding happens to the lost. Verse number 18. Having their, the understanding darkened. This is talking about lost folks. People that, that they, they won't come to God. They won't uh, respond to the light. Why? Because they're blinded. Had they, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work uncleanness with greediness. So their understanding is darkened, being alienated from God. That's what, it, that's what Satan wants to do. He wants to separate you from God. And so where do they go? Lasciviousness. You know what that means? That means sexual immorality, sexual sin. You know what? That people everywhere, going to pleasure. They think that pleasure is what they need. They think that pleasure is, is, is the, 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 the ultimate goal. You get what you want. You get fulfilled. You need to be happy. That's what Satan says. Now, God says quite a different thing. But these are people that go into lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. See, folks, when the heart is blinded, iniquity substitutes for life and light. Sin substitutes for light. Now, God says, I've got life for you. I've got light for you. And, and here's somebody who's blinded says, you know what? I'd rather have iniquity. I'd rather have sin. I'd rather have the affair. I'd rather have the rebellion. I'd rather do what I want to do. I'd rather watch what I want to watch. I'd rather do, and, and that's rebellion. It's a lie, folks. It's a lie. It's from Satan. Iniquity substitutes for light and life. But sin cannot bring uh, peace. It's darkness and death. Ask the woman at the well in John chapter 4. Hey, you remember what she, she was after? It's just the physical. Jesus said, listen, he that drinks from this well is going to thirst again. But what I give you, you'll never thirst again. See, because what he had was better. But you know what? That's lost people. That's, that's what unsaved people do. They think that, that sin is what they want. So you think that going after the things of the flesh is going to give you happiness and freedom? You really think that? Actually, it will produce just the opposite. Pain and emptiness and shackles. And death. You see, you're blinded. That's what I was. I was blinded. I was going after what I wanted to go. I didn't, I didn't realize Satan was, was manipulating me here. And he was, he was feeding his garbage. And I was swallowing it. I was blinded. Recently, I, I saw a, a, a deal about 
Pink Floyd and the original members of the band. You might not even know what Pink Floyd is. It kind of sounds weird, and if you're not into rock and roll, that kind of stuff, then you don't even know. But that was my life prior to coming to Christ. And I, didn't, I never knew this, but one of the, one of the uh, main guys in the band, Sid, something Sid, was uh, he, he just went a little bit too far in, in LSD. And when he did one of the, one of the most, one of the brightest, most uh, uh, unique artistic minds of his culture went blank after just taking too much. And then after that was just, was, was rendered a zombie in mind. Had no more thoughts, had no more, no more creativity, had nothing from one time. And because he just took... You know why this, this meant so much to me? I mean, what just really, really kind of impacted me? That's where I was. See, my drug of choice was LSD. It was mescaline. I would not, I would not go a couple of days without finding a hit, getting, getting, getting more, and because I was enamored with it, I was going, and you never know. But you know what? That's the way of death. Folks, that's the way. I was, I was, I mean, I was teetering on the edge I needed somebody to rescue me. <laughs> God did. Thank you, Lord. He rescued me. Because listen, the end of that stuff is death. I didn't realize it. I didn't see it. And it's taken so many others. But I'm telling you, folks, that's what Satan wants them to push. Hey, what you want, what you need is you need this. So you think that going after things of the flesh is happiness? No, no. Every lost person that buys into the, that lie that Satan, the world, or the flesh will give you what you're looking for, you better look at the end game, folks. You let, better look at the final product, the fruit. Oh, I'm so grateful that God rescued me before destruction. I know I don't have all the brain cells that I could have had. I, I squandered a lot of them. Hey, but I got a few left. Thank the Lord. He rescued me. Romans 6, 21. What fruit had you then in those things? He's talking to a, a saved person saying, hey, you remember back there when you were lost and you were headlong unto destruction? What fruit had you then in those things wherever you're now ashamed for the end of those things is death. See, that's what Satan's trying to push and we don't realize it. Hey, blinded, blinded. God says, that's not the way to go. I have life, but Satan comes along and blinds you with making you think like this sin, this iniquity, this rebellion is what you're after. No, it's not. See, Satan conceals the light. He covers the eyes. And then number three, Satan eclipses the heart. 2 Corinthians 4, 6, For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness. Oh, man, <laughs> I, can't, I can't read this without having a conniption. <laughs> I love this. He commanded the light to shine out of darkness. He has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Listen, what God has for you is, is wonderful, it's glorious, and Satan's trying to distract you from the light of God. If the devil can get us distracted enough to where we're not making the decisions, we're, we're not choosing him, we're, we're uh, 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 floundering in sin, Enough for us not to dwell on God's word, then he wins. But that's what he wants to do. 
remember this is talking about manifesting the light? Satan's trying to, to cover up what God is offering for you. God wants to blaze the light in the heart of the lost. Let me ask you something right now, right now. What are you thinking about? And hopefully you're thinking about the message and what God's doing and, and your relationship with God right now. Hopefully. But you know what? When the word of God goes out and Satan wants his way, he's going to try to distract. He's going to try to make you think about something else. See, so if you're thinking about meeting up with those friends Tuesday, or if you're thinking about the roast that's going to burn because this preacher going way too long, or, or if you're thinking about uh, your job, or you're thinking about what you need to do to get ahead uh, this week, or are you thinking about your retirement, or you're thinking about this, or you're thinking about that, you're thinking about the next car, you go, you're thinking about the person you're going to meet uh, uh, tonight after service. Hey, listen, whatever it is that you're thinking about, and you know what? That's the distraction from what God wants you to look at. God wants you to focus. See, because God manifests his light. He wants to show his light. And it's glorious, but Satan wants to get you thinking of something else, confused, not thinking of God's light. But God wants to blaze the light in the heart of the lost. So what you need to do is look at the light. Open your heart. Take it in. Believe what God says about this battle for your soul. Let the light shine in your heart. You see, the thing about it is, there's a lot of darkness that's out there this week, this year, this time in our society. A lot of darkness. But you want to know something? How do you, how do you counter the darkness? Shine the light. See, because every time light and darkness battle, light always wins. <laughs> and you know what? God wins here, too. Shine the light. Receive the light of God. Go God's way. Every head bowed. Nobody looking for just a moment.